0: tiktok is going to make you think that the church is a bad and scary place so don't go on the tiktok
1: the reason you think the church is a bad and scary place is because the church is a bad and scary scary place place. (laughs) (laughs) this is a bad and scary talk like it is bad yes and it is scary it's more than a podcast they're more than best friends it's more than an hour of laughing and crying and then going back to More than a podcast, they're more than ex-Mormon. It's
0: the More than Mormon podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to More than Mormon. I'm Lena, and I'm Meg, and uh, we are glad you're here. It's been a hot minute. We we say all the time because it's true, but. We're here and we're fired up because we're going to talk about Brad Wilcox. And by the time you hear this, it will maybe have already been kind of like beating a dead horse. But I think it's really important that we dive into what exactly it is that he said that makes the institution as a whole so problematic. Because Brad Wilcox is a what's the word asshole well <laughs> one could say mm-hmm. um but he's just kind of like a uh, symptom of a bigger root cause which is the institution as a whole and because there's a lot of mormons who didn't see any issue at all with the talk and are, were like go brad and that's because essentially what he did was go up to this um tri-stake Youth group, and he taught Mormonism. Like, all of these things are still very deeply rooted and embedded within the institution of the church. And so, I think it's just important that even though it's been talked about a lot over the last week or so, I think it's important that we have a discussion here.
1: Well, and also, like, part of this is part of the podcast is like you and I getting to talk about things that bother us and you and I have not been able to like nope talk about this so nope. I like and I you're like my favorite person to talk to about Mormon shit and Mormon we have shenanigans. Yeah, yet we haven't had a
0: chance to kind of sit down and hash it out because there I I have not made audible gasps in a while like maybe to the point of like uh, yeah shit that sucks but like that makes sense but like I literally had like oh holy shit did that just get said kind of moments that were like it, they were so beyond shocking to the point where even the church has kind of like taken the original link down from its like original place and like Since then, Brad Wilcox has made an apology for only one of the statements, literally missing the mark on everything that he fucked up on. We'll get to that. But I I feel like if he had to make an apology for whatever reason, whether he actually felt like he had to or because he was pushed by church PR, which is what I think. I well, church PR, and show. I think just
1: because, like, he went, it was, like, so viral.
0: Yeah, that, like, I, yeah. He was
1: like, oh, I have to say something. Where, like, yep. if he had said it and a couple of people, like, talked to their stake presidents about it or, like, wrote in and were like, hey, this bothered me, he wouldn't have fucking tweeted an apology. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he's not fucking sorry.
0: Yeah, and no. that And
1: that's the thing is,
0: like. That's the thing. You can tell in his apology that he's not sorry, that. He mm-hmm. covered the base he thought was most important to cover, but you can tell. Don't these
1: people have their talks like screened? I don't think for like a like a conference like that. I don't. Well, think so. shit!
0: They better learn then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or
0: honestly, like I'm okay that they do it because now let them ad lib. Like like ad-lib. let them <laughs> let them ad lib. Kind of like the bad lip re- reading.
1: Yeah, yes. like, it's all fucking bullshit nonsense anyway. And what what really kills me about, like, this whole situation is, like you said, like, he is reflecting things that Mormons believe. And what's so upsetting to me is that he, like, his calling is, like, youth, like, young men's president, right? Or he's in that presidency. And this was, like, a conference, like, for youth, like, for young people. And so he's not only like spewing this terrible Reddit rhetoric unapologetically like being racist and just like gaslighting black people like, he,
0: he was gaslighting the entire – he's whitewashing history he's gaslighting the audience and right he's there like fear-mongering.
1: like it's just yes, there's so like culturally and, and scary and the way and he's talking to
0: children Yes, and he's like, talking to the young like, men, the young is youth, what, like, like 12 15,
1: to 16,
0: yeah, like really susceptible. And, the, and the, the tone in his voice is so demeaning. And, you know, he, as far as I'm aware, is a BYU professor. And so if
1: I think by- he's like an adjunct professor or something like that. But yeah,
0: if it is true about the stories he's told about these students, like when they see that, because they will kind of like how um, Matt was called out by uh, who was it? Elder Holland. And obviously he saw that same mm-hmm. thing. If that was a true thing that happened, which I know that they embellish stories or whatever, but like, if that really is something that a, that happened, you know. This conversation between him and and this student. How dare he mock like the pain of a faith quite crisis and the desire to want
1: to get to the truth? I, yeah. He mocked well, other so,
0: religions. I he yeah. I feel like women. we should take
1: it like one thing at a time because he really just I literally uh, shit all over the bed he, he and did. then <laughs> tweeted. <laughs> he like tweeted and was like. Sorry for the shit all over the bed, guys. I didn't mean it. Um, I'll just throw a comforter on top of it and you'll be fine to like continue sleeping there. Yeah? Like.
0: You he, are so right because he literally, he did he sh- anything. <laughs> every corner of the bed, like north and south, baby. Nothing he shit same. on it. Nothing. <laughs> there was nothing left on unshitted.
1: <laughs> I posted this morning. I texted you this, but this morning at like fucking 5:45 a.m. i'm awake because i have a cat that is decides that that is time to be up. my cats and do that too. yeah. so i'm up and i'm looking on instagram and i shared on our on the podcast instagram story like three or four things about this and it was just like it was like in pitch perfect when she has like the taco meat behind her ear and she's <laughs> like just leave it it fuels my hate fire. like i was it's just fine. i want to be upset about this cuz i really hadn't I really hadn't read or, like, listened to all of the things that he said. I still haven't, like, read or listened to all of it. But, like, I've I've seen the highlights, like, the play-by-play. And I really hadn't, like, processed, like, all of it. And, like, how big of a figure he is in the church. And then yes. how unapologetic he is for his own actions and the church is for the things that he said. That I was just, like, enraged. Yes. That yes this happened and someone responded like replied to one of the things i shared and was like the guy in the back with his head on his forehead though Shit. the goes, look like, on his
0: face cuz he was like because i think and he has like his little mask on and he's like oh,
1: yeah fuck. i think that even if you're because i i can identify with being in a situation where i was like an a super active mormon a believing mormon like, whatever, and I was still, like, embarrassed by and ashamed by, like, some of the doctrine and the culture, and I would remember, like, inviting friends to, like, church, and they would come on, like, God forbid, like, a, like, a fast and testimony meeting, and you're like, oh, they're a little bit crazy, or, like, it's kind of like an open mic situation, so just ignore it. Yeah, like, or being, or not a fast and testimony, and people Giving talks and being like feeling the need to like justify or just like being embarrassed by it, right? right? So, like, I get it. But the way, like, the silence in the room when Brad Wilcox is just like going, there was very and little going, little and, going laughter and going and going in the moments that he thought
0: would be funny to them. And I thought that was telling because,
1: <laughs> yeah, first is. of all,
0: you're not funny. Brad Wilcox, But second of all, it makes me feel like there were a lot of people in the room who were asking the same kind of questions or had had those very same conversations and feelings and experiences and were like, well, we better not ask Brad Wilcox when this is over a question because he's going to turn around and he's going to mock me for asking a question. And actually um before we move forward there's probably like one or two people who will come across this and be like who the fuck is brad wilcox and what happened so quick rundown brad wilcox is he's kind of like a leader in the church he's a big influence in the church but he's not like an apostle or a prophet but he if gave- you like
1: thinking about mm-hmm. it as like a football team he's not at like a head coach he's like an assistant to like the defensive coordinator yeah. like he's down yeah. the line but he's still in exactly. the meetings Yes, you know talking about yes. it
0: and he gave a talk called His Grace is Sufficient and it's widely known within the church because it it paints a very beautiful graceful Mormon God that is fairly similar to a lot of other christian uh archetypes of god if you will like it kind of matches like everything that you can't do he makes up for and it's okay and so he gave this talk and anybody who is a struggling mormon who is experiencing sin of some kind and he's always worked with the youth which makes i i think that's telling as well but you know you read these talks and you hear his testimony voice and how sure and bold he is and it makes you kind of have this elevated emotional response aka the spirit anyway he came to utah and live streamed in a tri-stake youth conference he spoke about a lot of things
1: and a lot of things He really, like we said, shit all over
0: the bed. Shit all over the bed. And the (laughs) footage not only was live streamed, but there were people who leaked the footage almost immediately to people within the ex-Mormon community. And it became like a horrible, cannot be contained wildfire before the church could get to it. And so this was only a few days ago, like within this week right it was like february 6th i think okay what's today the 11th yeah it was like this weekend (laughs) it's been (laughs) it feels like it's been a lifetime yes it's been insane and there's it it's still it's it's still a thing so now
1: you're up to speed now you're up to speed right so and what i think is like interesting is like it hasn't been that long no and it really has gone viral in like not just ex-mormon uh internet communities but mormon internet communities like just like christian internet communities like it's just like really people are really upset about it because
0: it's not just that he said things that reflect mormonism but the things he said are just flat out not okay and the fact that he did shit on other religions like like we mentioned like he really didn't leave out anybody to be offended. Like he made sure to cover his bases. And so yeah, like a lot of a lot of people in other faiths heard it. There's people who uh maybe are on the more progressive side who are very active in the church and who and heard it and are super pissed. And it's a nightmare.
1: Mhm. So I have, like, the transcript. It's, it's long, so we're, like, not going to read it. But, I'm just going to um, pick
0: apart the most atrocious. And there are ways you can see the entire clip. There are ways that you can read the entire transcript. We'll make sure to link those below when we upload this video so you can read it and see it for yourselves, which we always suggest because you can, you know, come to your own, own conclusion. But, yes, it is out there it does exist it's out there
1: and it is accessible i'm looking at it right now i found it on reddit someone had put had created like a nice transcript of it um which was nice because the church's captioning kind of sucks so um the just like to go just to read the table of contents and like i said like i haven't read most of it i've only heard like the the most upsetting parts (laughs) <laughs> table of contents is like introduction fsy pitch is which is i think the new is that the new Efy,
0: uh for strength of youth i think
1: yeah yeah
0: or for youths only or something like that yeah
1: okay uh the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and the rise of the nuns n-o-n-e-s not the nuns n-u-n the next section is called apostates then G stands for Godhead, O stands for Only True Church, S stands for Spirit, P stands for Priesthood, E stands for Everyone, L stands for Living Prophets, and then finally, Closing Testimony.
0: I'm like, all, like hearing that already just <laughs> enrages me for so many reasons. So let's like, where kind do you want start, to start from the
1: top. <laughs> let's just, like, just
0: from the top
1: top um so he talks about apostates Uh, maybe let's just jump in there because i'm not super familiar with the youth the fsy i i'm not i'm not either um and i don't know that that part is necessarily upsetting no i
0: what i recall from this portion of the talk is that he mentions that there are not more people leaving the church it's the
1: first sentence <laughs> oh, sorry. It's okay. the second sentence. Okay. okay. The first sentence is is hello know brothers and sisters. Think... <laughs> the first sentence is I know you think it is. He's already well, going to tell know you
0: jack shit. Okay, he's... so he says I know you think there are not. I know you think that there are more people leaving the church, but that's not actually the case. What he what he claims is that mm-hmm. what's actually happening is people are getting on TikTok to gripe about uh-huh. the church. I believe gripe is the word he used. Probably. And to complain about the church. And because it's so public and millions of people have access to it, it just appears that more people are leaving the church, which not only is false based on like all of the statistics we have <laughs> available. Anyway, so that, that's that's where he starts.
1: First of all, it's not
0: true. So First like, of all, it's not true. And second that. of all, the church has no way to control TikTok because of how quick it is to get into the hands of literally anyone without any rhyme or reason. And the church can't keep up with, like, the church can kind of hop on YouTube and they can, like, put out, like, apologists bullshit, right? But it's a lot harder to, like, gain an audience on TikTok and... Maintain it. Mm-hmm. Al Fox got in there. She got smashed so fast. I don't think I've seen any more TikToks from her. I haven't looked. I I haven't been on for a couple <laughs> of weeks. But like, the church has no control for TikTok. So I think it's just funny that he mentions that because, uh, people from like Mortman Stories, Exmo Lex, like a ton of people, not only got kind of like big and famous on TikTok, but they have they pull millions and millions of views the moment they post a video and the church can't compete with that. Right. So I think it's interesting that he's targeting like this specific social media app when there is anti-Mormon shit all over YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, but he's like, TikTok is our concern now.
1: Well, and it's, I mean, if you think about it, like back in the day, all of the messaging for youth was like, you shouldn't be drinking. You shouldn't be going to parties. You shouldn't be blood- like smoking, drinking, whatever. And then it was pornography. Pornography is going to get you. Like it's there's sexual always something that's going to get you. And now it's like fucking TikTok. Don't go on TikTok. TikTok is blah, 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 blah. Like it's not any of those things. Like the reality is like young people are deserving of experiencing life. And the church is messaging, whatever they're focusing on is don't experience life the way that your peers are. Don't experience life the way that you want to. Only experience what we tell you is okay to experience. Mm -hmm. And the reason that they have to do that is because once you start experiencing life and like making your own decisions and thinking critically and like realizing that you can feel the spirit. When you're on drugs, you can feel the spirit when you're drinking, you can feel the spirit when you're not attending church, when you're having sex, like, and not even those things, like you can feel the spirit when you're learning and when you're thinking critically and like your brain is super pumped to be thinking new things and exploring new things. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you're like, wait, the church told me. Fuckers like Brad Wilcox told me if I wasn't doing these things that I would be miserable and I would be sad and I would be desperate for happiness and I would be lonely and broken and I couldn't feel the spirit. Don't you get know. too
0: crazy because he addresses this very thing. Yeah. Later in the talk. He he threatens the loss of everything good, everything you know. It's so
1: scary. And
0: and, he, and he's and talking he does. to he makes children. It, he makes it terrified. He he susceptible young members of the church Mm -hmm. the future generation of adults
1: supposed to be like every generation they're like you are the strongest generation that's ever come to earth like god was saving you to come at this time because you're so strong but don't fucking go on tiktok don't
0: do it how dare you because you're not
1: strong enough for the tiktok yep
0: and the tiktok is going to make you think that the church is a bad and scary place so don't go on the tiktok the reason you think the church is
1: a bad and scary place is because it's the church because is a, is bad, and a scary bad and scary place. place. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad and scary talk. Like, yep. it is bad. Yes. And it is scary. I'm not and even it, a member. And, it should, and the reason, and it you know, me so I really hope, I really
0: hope that more people will start to, like, record these sacrament meetings and record these, you know, little, like, state conference talks because, this is how people understand what exactly Mormonism is about, because the way it looks on the outside and the way it appears on the outside in any situation that it can be controlled doesn't look like this.
1: Right. You have so, to, I mean, I think I was probably, I certainly had questions and doubts about the church, but I was probably a year or two into being a member before I was like, whoa, whoa. And, like, yeah. really had a moment where I was, like, this is not what I thought this is, it was. This is,
0: yes. It, it really does take some time, especially because you have to kind of, like, fight that cognitive dissonance of, like, no, this isn't what I taught. This isn't what I believed. This isn't what the missionaries told me. Like, you can't, you can't kind of, like, face the truth until you face that reality. And so you have to kind of, like, walk that weird, like, the plank of of a faith crisis and these 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 kids are so susceptible in a time where information is readily available to them Mm -hmm. and the like they're the numbers are insane I really wish that I would have been on top of my shit to like write them down so we can kind of like talk about them but something of like 80 percent of Mormon youth aren't serving missions right now. When you and I well, okay. were at BYU-Idaho, they said that one third of them were going to leave the church. And so if these statistics are true and on any sort of spectrum, mm-hmm. it leads us to believe that there is a very good chance that like these youth, like a large portion of them are going to walk their happy asses out before they even get to like mission time. So right. he is... He is using this as, like, he thinks, like, hammering down the nail is going to work, and, like, in some cases it might, but, like, is this really the way to do it?
1: Well, and that makes me think, so the other day I was thinking about how, when you got back from your mission, did you go to, like, a state council, like a high council meeting?
0: so yeah they had so they pulled like all of so they like anybody who was there for the first semester and anybody who had returned from a mission within the last like three months or something like that and they like pulled us aside and they made us do all these goals and shit and it was like just the return missionaries like did you like present at
1: your like stake high council meeting yes Okay, because I
0: did that too. Are you wish. talking about like like right, like the Sunday after you come home or whatever? About um, your mission, like your mission It was like report? a couple
1: weeks after I got home. But yeah, it was like me and this one other elder who had like gotten home in the last few weeks. Yep. And we went to like a stake high council meeting. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. And we were just yes. there for like the first 15 minutes. And they had us each talk and, for like yep. five minutes. And yep. what what I remember saying was they were like... You know, tell us, like, about your overall mission experience and then yep. tell us, you know, maybe something that sta- like stood out to you on your mission. And what I said was that there was a sense of urgency. And at the time, I really believe that that was coming from God and sort of, like, you know, the second coming is happening. The gathering of Israel is happening. Like, there is a sense of urgency because that is going to happen soon. And, like, that's what I said, that I, like, that was an overarching theme of my mission. And they were like, oh, You're so cool. are so smart. Thanks. Here's the thing. The sense of urgency does not come from God. The sense it comes of urgency from the top down. comes from the leadership of the church who are looking at the actual numbers, who are looking at the people leaving the church, who are looking at the growth of the church. Most of is the declining. growth is coming because of families
0: who are having kids. Yes. And apparently Mormon families on average have three children.
1: And did you see that there's a church in Idaho that was turned into an Airbnb? it sleeps like 40 people it has like a rock climbing wall in it (laughs) like a slide (laughs) more than mormon podcast
0: potluck folks
1: oh my god i do miss the potlucks of the church yeah they oh my god but yeah and so i saw that and all of the comments on it were like this is like clear evidence like church buildings are not being used to the extent that we think that they are it makes me think i invite
0: um... you all i'm sure you'll (laughs) see at least one if not Thousands (laughs) thousands <laughs> okay maybe not thousands maybe hundreds but still you'll see plenty you'll see plenty it makes and, me
1: think of that leah remini thing where the church of scientology like flies people in to be like we're opening this church and there's like thousands of people there and then it just and then like the sits empty. stay empty yeah spooky I
0: mean, yep. conspiracy theory yep okay so after scaring the youth about the tiktok
1: mm-hmm yeah so then he goes what into he goes into Jesus for godhead and he talks about how if you leave so like joseph smith's understanding of god was like so different so groundbreaking because so is three distinct figures which goes against what most other denominations at the time were believing and he says that if you leave then like your whole understanding of god will fall apart you won't be able to have a relationship with him like
0: Gosh, oh my gosh, rough. there's so much to unpack here. Okay, there's so a lot. I think G actually means gaslight. So I'm gonna correct him right off the gate. G stands for gas. G stands for gaslight and gatekeep. Not only gaslight, but gatekeep the real truth and the real history from these very susceptible youths. Because Joseph Smith originally did not mention, like he's had so many different versions of the the first vision he he did not send any, send, set aside any new precedent for the godhead at all. In fact, that developed over time when he realized he could kind of attract more people with having something that was different from your run-of-the-mill uh, religion in that area.
1: And here's the thing about, like the inconsistencies with the first vision and we can get into like all of that and like we a whole really episode. need to
0: in another in another episode because that's that actually was one of the big things for me that happened i learned it really early on in my membership and that bugged me always anyway
1: and i i think it's one of the things where i was i could pretty easily like explain it away like it wasn't one of my top things but now but i just the explanation think about... that they give is like good enough yeah especially for like when you have really really other not that that's not a big thing when you have other big things on your shelf you're like i don't have time to like worry about this because i'm worried about that but the thing that gets me is like when i first saw the jonas brothers in concert like i had a spiritual awakening and i remember in detail like everything like the set list like the smell the sound like the ambiance. i could be telling the story in a hundred years about the first time I saw a Jonas Brothers in concert and it would be the exactly same. the same so and not because I
0: have always thought the same thing because I've had experiences like when Billy Joe from Green Day wore my bra on his head at a concert or when you ask someone about their birth experience like studies show that they remember like 30, 50 years down the road mm-hmm. how they felt and like what their experience was and and I my mom is somebody bless you mom I know you're I know you're watching my mom is someone who will change the details of stories all the time and we constantly like pick on her and tease her for it mm-hmm. but stories like our birth story like that she tells my brother and me like the same every time why because that became a core memory it is literally like physically leaving an indent in her brain so the neural pathways will reignite those feelings help her remember just like you with the jonas brothers and me it's the same thing as having it's the same (laughs) thing well i mean in Yes. But like, no, you, you know what I mean though? Like something like that, like you really do remember in detail, unless there's a reason like maybe like dementia or Alzheimer's or like drugs or psychedelics, which Mm -hmm. is a whole other thing. But why is his story changing so many times? Why was the first vision as we know it now, not told to like the general membership for years and years Mm-hmm. why was some of it Morgan. literally torn out of his journal and hidden like there's so much to this little piece that he leaves out and then brad wilcox makes fun of a student who said that he still believes in god and jesus christ but he wasn't sure he believed in joseph smith mm-hmm. and he gets all butthurt about it and he says who taught you to do that mm-hmm. and first of all mocking that kid it like that's so rude and unprofessional and so disloyal and so unlike christ and second the mormon church disconnects jesus and joseph smith all the time they're the ones who teach us how to do that because they don't actually teach us the bible the new Testament version of Jesus and God that most of Christianity follows.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why I think, I think a big step for progressive Mormons. And I've heard this from a lot of people and like, I've experienced it is that it's, it's a disconnect from the church. And then this sort of like, but I still am a Christian and I still am like faithful to like my God and like my savior. And I don't know why I said that's so a weird, my savior. <laughs> my savior my savior and so then they like study the bible and they study like especially the new testament like the teachings of like jesus christ as they are and then that wedge gets like even bigger between what the church is and what new testament jesus is because at this Mm -hmm. point in my life like do i believe in a biblical jesus in the same way i used to absolutely not do i believe he was probably a person sure was he cool i don't know but like the difference between the biblical jesus that i i would hope that that sort of like ideology still exists and i think there's like a lot to take from it and to apply is so drastically different than the spiteful, vengeful, jealous jesus that like the mormon church pushes. Yep. And for Brad Wilcox to be like, oh, if you leave, like, your knowledge of God and the Savior, like, you will have nothing. Because, like, all that knowledge is, like, in our church and because of the restoration. And it's like, one, that's bullshit because the restoration started in 1829. And so, like, that's a lot of time since Jesus. We know exactly how many years until, like, the restoration that, like, the teachings of jesus were like still present and not just present but like there was still billions of christians it's not like christianity was super small and then suddenly with the restoration we're like oh everybody loves jesus now like if you've ever been to the south everybody already fucking loves jesus down there like Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can bring to them about jesus that they don't already fucking know
0: so like and that they feel like they don't already have
1: yeah exactly you can't even they're be like, like oh you're if not you giving do this, me anything you'll have, unique you'll have this relationship you don't have they're like i already have a relationship with jesus like i've been saved 17 times and i'm like okay all right i it's hard to argue with that but so yep. like for him to just say this like you're right it is gaslighting to say this is the only relationship that matters this is the only knowledge that matters whatever you find out there is not going to be as good as what you have here which is again not true it's spiritual abuse it's Mm fear-mongering
0: and he fails to make the connection between joseph smith and god in the terms of like joseph smith was a liar he was a pedophile he
1: a criminal did
0: not get sealed to emma until he had to like until his ass got caught he was a criminal um he wasn't a martyr he brought a pistol or a revolver with him to jail when he was killed like to say that you like if you leave all of this and like disconnect everything i will i will give him credit that your perception of like God and Jesus like completely changes and goes away. He's right because you begin to destruct your concept and all the other concepts of God and Jesus. When you leave the Mormon church, because they're like, holy shit, if that could be so deceptive, what else have I been lied to? So Mm -hmm. he's right there, Mm -hmm. but he really does fail to, to make the point of like, People learn that Joseph Smith wasn't this trustworthy guy. So if Joseph Smith is the person that we're trusting to believe that the Godhead is three individual people with body of flesh and bone. I don't know if I'm making any I I, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it's like if we're going to question Joseph Smith, like, of course, we're going to question what he supposedly is teaching us about the Godhead. So how dare you mock someone who brought up a very legitimate
1: concern and question? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, again, disgusting that this is geared towards children.
0: Young children. Because children,
1: children, and I use children for like 18 and under. Like, because. That's what they are.
0: Their brains are not fully developed. They're so susceptible. Yeah, and exactly. they're forced into this situation like they're they're conditioned to like they're not given the option to actually like learn to think critically and like go outside of this box because they're so threatened
1: mm-hmm.
0: to like you're gonna lose your family like he 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 gets into a lot of things that make it so scary for these poor kids who will eventually bottle up all of their insecurities, doubts and concerns and when they do normal teenage things like masturbate and have sex, it's going to cause them a lot of emotional and mental harm and we're not even getting into what this does for youth who are LGBTQ or youth who are not
1: white. Oof. Ugh. Oof. So, O O stands for Only True Church. Of course. You guys.
0: First of all, he likes to. He uses the analogy that if you go to a high school football game, your school cheerleaders and everyone in the stadium are not going to be yelling, We're number 452. Everyone's going to be yelling, We're number one. So he, first of all, he picks an analogy that is like in the most literal context is meant to be um competitive (laughs) and he and he tries to take this analogy and turn it into how having like this only god is to like bring in everyone and he bashes very serious like and precious belief systems anyway you can he, pull
1: out. Yeah, I mean, you—that's basically like you summed it up. He talks about the fucking football team and shouting, "We're number one!" and blah blah. blah. He also says that, like, in today's world, tolerance trumps all. So, by
0: does it, Brad <laughs> Wilcox does it? Can can you explain? Well, maybe maybe he does. Maybe he explains how how tolerance. Trump said, especially when just a few months ago, Elder Holland said, we don't want you to tolerate that. We want you to pull out musket and use musket, musket fire. fire. No tolerance here. So yeah, what what, what, could, what could he possibly be? I'm so pissed right now. Well, I could so he literally... Says,
1: he says it in like a sarcastic way. Oh, yes. Because what he's saying is he's like, if you haven't met someone who gets upset when you say this is the only true church, then you will. Because they don't like that. They don't like that it sounds... They don't think that sounds very tolerant. And in today's world, tolerance trumps all. Heaven fucking forbid that we're tolerant of other people's belief systems. And this is what How? got me this morning. First of all, don't
0: ask people to call you the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints if you can't even respect their someone else's own religious beliefs. Fuck you take your ugly ass book of Mormon, shove it up that nasty asshole of yours and fuck off brad wilcox fuck you that uh
1: yeah well that's what that's what got me this morning that i was like i'm just so upset i have to like post these is because this talk is really damaging to members of the church young members of the church especially however like it's it's also so offensive to like people who have never been members who have like no association with this church. They don't even know who the fuck Brad Wilcox is and God bless him. I wish I didn't know, but like same what he's doing here is he's creating such a distinct, like us versus them mentality. Yes. And them is he's painting them as like miserable and bitter and like stupid and like Mm -hmm. lacking whatever. Yes. Yes. And that's his belief system, whatever. But I think that when you, especially when you're like a convert to the church, or once you leave the church and you really start to like broaden, not that you can't have a broad perspective as an active member, but it's harder, and it it makes it harder to have empathy. You really start to see that, like he is talking about billions of and billions and billions of people, because he's talking about every person up like that's ever lived. Point
0: one percent. <laughs> like 00001%. Zero, 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 like it probably. is very like, small. Like the percentage of Mormons on this planet is very small. And so that makes the entitlement very large.
1: Yeah. And so he he's like talking shit about almost every single person that has ever been alive. And he's basically saying that they are lacking in spiritual ways and physical ways and financial ways and emotional ways like in all of these different ways because they don't have this and Mm -hmm. the like self-entitled vibe that god loves me so much he gave me all of this while also being able to recognize that like god did not give this to everyone and that like lack of empathy that that doesn't make you sad that that doesn't make you upset that that doesn't make you question like the loving God that you believe in because what fucking parent is like, come on kids. We're all going to Chuck E. Cheese, but actually only Sarah and Jim and Bob and Samantha and Rebecca and my other 20 children. You're all going to stay here and I'm just going to take this one, but I love you all equally. Like, it's like, uh, you're love, you're showing your love in a really offensive and like fucking stupid way right now. So if you could like, I don't know, maybe go to therapy and fix that so you'd be a better parent. Like, Mormon God needs therapy. Brad Mm -hmm. Wilcox needs therapy. Yep. You and I need therapy. Like, absolutely. It's a lot. We
0: all need therapy, especially after hearing this fucking bullshit talk. Now, is this the part where he talks about the woman and her wedding?
1: No, he's talking about the piano. Um,. Some churches have a couple oh, of octaves. If you leave, we're the only you have to give up the piano. whole piano.
0: And he says, have fun spending your life playing chopsticks. Which first, there's like so many things about this. But literally, like, I took that as like, if you leave this church, like, have fun playing chopsticks, as in like, have fun finding any other success in life. Like, you will be like, very limited in your life in terms of like, the beauty and the education and whatever else like you will be extremely limited to chopsticks Mm -hmm. and i was just like
1: what which is again like just like fucking not true like it's it's not true look at if you look at a thousand of like the most successful people who have ever lived none of them are mormon none of them
0: (laughs) that's probably true like
1: if you there's just it's just god it's so he's just lying he's just standing in front of children and saying if you leave the church you will never find happiness because this church is true and if you question it you're stupid and if you stay in it for life no matter how miserable you are you're not actually miserable you might feel miserable but you're not because you're in the church and if you leave and you feel happiness that's not actually happiness That's misery. And that whole thing is fucking gaslighting. Like, it's just yep. not fucking true. It's not true. And this message is geared towards children. And other than the church, like, taking it down and BYU, like, giving some tweets about it, like, the church is pretty much standing by this. Like, he has, he still has his calling. Like, he's still going to be speaking at events. Like, he still has his I, job at BYU.
0: I believe he needs to follow the true example of repentance that the church teaches. He needs to go back to that stake. He needs to make reparations. He needs to talk about all the things that he said that were problematic. Why? And he needs to make a sincere apology. And then he needs to resign because he will undoubtedly do it again, remaining in his position. And members of the church are somehow, some way paying for him to like live his life and get up there and do it because BYU is privately funded by the church and it's that's what I think that 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 is the whole that is what repentance stands for because how else do you turn away and not do it again without resigning especially when you're a part of an institution
1: who encourages and teaches this kind of shit Mm -hmm. the church as a whole doesn't understand the way that they teach repentance Because the church has never apologized for anything. Uh, And so it doesn't – members don't know how to apologize. People like Brad Wilcox who hold callings, like, they look to the church for, like, oh, I fucked up. How do I fix it? And according to the church, you just, like, make a little statement and move on with your day. Yep. And in, in actual relationships with people, that's not good enough. No, it's it's just not like if that's not how it works. Brad Wilcox like rear-ended me in traffic. Like he couldn't just tweet about it. I'd be like, no, like you owe me money. Like there's insurance. Yes. There's a the law. Like he, he there has are other things that have to happen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so S what stands else? for spirit. Uh, and this is like one of the longer sections. He talks about having a missionary companion, arguing about whether or not you feel the spirit. Everyone feels the spirit, blah blah blah. There's a really awful quote that is once again gaslighting about how people feel the spirit. Um, he tries to he tries to
0: say most of you got baptized when you were eight, and that's the good news. And then the bad news is most of you got baptized when you were eight,
1: mm-hmm. so you've
0: lived your entire life feeling the spirit, and you won't know what the spirit feels like until you. He he says that teens this is what happens is teens make mistakes and do bad things. And then they feel what it's like to not have the spirit, AKA they're shamed and they feel guilt. And then they're put into the shame and guilt cycle. Then mm-hmm. he says, then you know what the spirit feels like. Yeah. And you're like, first of all, what a powerful Holy ghost to like, not even have its presence be powerful enough to like be noticeably, gone when someone doesn't feel it Mm -hmm. how degrading to the individual when they say they aren't sure if they felt it or that they don't feel it all the time and that's also a bunch of baloney because the question all the time is like how do i know like what's my thought and what's the spirit and nobody can actually like give us a, a legitimate answer because there isn't one and
1: Well and I the Holy
0: Ghost and the whole entire concept masked intense scrupulosity, which is a which is like a component of OCD and intense anxiety for me. Mm -hmm. And the only time I was feeling the spirit, unless it was like one of those super high highs, Winston, the Bish. That's enough. Um like, the only time I was, like, doing it is, like, if I were obsessing mm-hmm. over trying to repent, trying to get better, or trying to, like, earn some sort of gift and blessing that I felt like I wanted and couldn't get without God's
1: help. Mm-hmm. Well, and it doesn't help that the way that the church describes um, the spirit is as, like, love, peace, joy happiness like it's every positive emotion and it's also like patience and gentleness and meekness and like a fire that's burning inside you like it's all of the all of the feelings you could ever feel and they're like yeah Yeah. that's the spirit but it's
0: like they're literally like rebranding normal human experiences and trying to like put it in a different type of packaging and sell it back to us as if it's something unique and special but it's It's not.
1: And you can't maintain that feeling all the time because it's, it's not normal to always feel peace and joy and love and patience and happiness. Like your brain is not meant to do that. Your body is not meant to do that. Like things happen to you, you make choices and then your body and your brain reacts to those things. Mm -hmm. And so in this, like pushing the spirit onto children like in the audience there are children who are feeling sad who are feeling depressed who are feeling anxiety and there are children who are feeling content who are feeling empowered who are feeling motivated and all of those children are being told that what they are feeling is either like not good enough or that what they're feeling is like magical and heavenly and magnificent but all of them deserve to be validated in what they're feeling like even the The people who are feeling good things, who are feeling those, like, spiritual, virtuous, lovely, happy feelings, like, they deserve the credit. They deserve to be empowered to feel happy and not to have to turn and be like, oh, I'm so grateful to God for, like, allowing me to feel happy. Yeah. Because that's fucked up. That's, like, abuse. (laughs) Like, like if you're in a relationship with someone and you say to them, thank you for allowing me to be happy – that's a red flag and you should get the fuck out of that relationship.
0: Yep. Yep. Red flag alert. There's a lot of those. Get the fuck out.
1: Get so the fuck out.
0: This is when he gets to so let let's see. So we've G O S
1: P is P. for Oh no, priesthood. Okay, you guys. P is for priesthood. Let's take a deep breath. When you're feeling mad and you want to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. This man has a PhD, which I used to really respect. People that had PhDs, it was like, wow, it doesn't you mean must- anything. Yeah, no. Beso-
0: between besides <laughs> a lot of like book hours and like like a lot of like hard academic work, and that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you actually learned or retained any of the bullshit anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: he starts this part out by talking about how cute it is that his little daughters or granddaughters would play church and he got he sarcastically makes a joke about how he got a little concerned when his daughter would like pass the sacrament while they were playing church
1: Mm -hmm. because heaven forbid your daughter look up to like priesthood holders and authority figures and in the church like, that you f- bring her
0: to every week. It's not like she has females in that position to look up to.
1: Right. What, how is she going to pretend to be a, an empowered female in the church? Yeah. She sit behind somebody else while they talk. You learn
0: very young that a relief society is president is not that person. So, anyway, so he then goes on to share a story about a woman who hears about the difference between, honeys, I know, I know, the difference between till death do us part and from for time and all eternity. And she apparently asks the pastor if he can change like their little wedding vows. And the pastor says, sure, for a small little fee, I'll change it for you. And I guess Brad Wilcox was invited to this wedding. And while he's there, he listens to the pastor say, you've been sealed for time and all eternity. And he gets real upset because this pastor doesn't have the authority to do that, to say that, oh, to literally Oh, does he to want
1: the pastor to be tolerant of his personal belief system? Because... Wild. <laughs> That's a crazy concept. Isn't that so insane that he would, he would want that? That he would feel like something he has is special and deserves to be respected? That's insane. I can't believe he and would again, do that. And
0: again, we can bring it back to point number one. Joseph Smith is the person who brought all of this about uh, – When you want to talk about authority, like who really gave you the authority to decide that the Mormon church is the only place that that can be said? Brad Mm -hmm. Wilcox. Mm -hmm. Who really gave Joseph Smith that authority? And how do we know? Like, come on. Authority? Really? Mm -hmm. But the fact that he mocks this couple like... in the story he says that she's upset about the words till death do you part and and i i may be misquoting a little but it um she's she said something along the lines of it feels like i'm getting a divorce on the same day i'm getting married and that is just mm-hmm. a that's just like the most bizarre If she really said that, like that is really sad, and it should be met (laughs) with empathy
1: and it doesn't deserve to be thrown into this random man's
0: mute the computer
1: talk. Yes, so yeah it it's
0: such a mockery, you know, like
1: the the thing with the
0: priesthood. I, I can't,
1: and this is another thing where like. As a missionary, I had a really good answer for it. Did I believe that answer? No. Because I would tell investigators or members, like, whatever, I would say, you know, the the blessings of the gospel is, like, a big room, a big building with lots and lots of rooms. And the priesthood keys, like, they open the doors to all of those rooms with all of all those blessings. And so women, like, we don't hold the keys to open them, but the priesthood, like, unlocks them for everybody. And everybody has equal access to, like, blah, blah, blah. But in my head, I was, like, but also I really think that, like, someday eventually, like, the church is going to have to, like, start ordaining women and, like, giving them more priesthood responsibilities, which they did because now women can, like, witness certain ordinances, you know, like, so they're, like, already starting their little, like, trickly trickle. And in 45 years, there's going to be a talk about how, like, oh, well, God gave black men the priesthood and what was it, like 1978 or whatever. And then he gave women, the priest, the white women, probably, the priesthood in 2025. And then he gave black women the priesthood in 2037 because God has a plan and blah, 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 blah. But again, like a loving parent would not do those things, like would not discriminate against the children he created for being the way he created them. So this is like such a perfect
0: segue because so first we've seen him shit on other religions that like they really can't feel the spirit that they just don't have all of the beauty and all of the truth and he says it in a very offensive way he shits on women and how cute it is to play church and then
1: he uses that term women play church their entire membership in the church that's what women do women never ever ever have any authority over anything that's happening in the church because even relief society like that budget is given to you by a man the events that you plan are approved by a group of men
0: you're calling like you being called to that position was picked by a man yes
1: not to mention that the mormon heavenly father is a man and the mormon jesus christ is a man and the mormon holy ghost is a man like definitively because Mm -hmm. they Believe in the gender okay. binary that there's yep. only two options, and that all three yep. of the Godhead are male, and all of the leaders are in the church are male, except for like I don't know five percent of them, which are women, and women are only allowed to hold authority over other women and children. Mm-hmm. So your whole life as a woman in the church, like you are just playing pretend because you're not really given any authority. It's like when you're a little kid and you're in the back seat and you get a toy car wheel. And you just like turn and you honk and you're like, here I am driving my car. And somebody else is actually taking you wherever the fuck they want to take you. Yep. That is what it's like to be a woman in the church. And so not only is like that upsetting, but women are already trying to like figure out who they are within this church that is patriarchal, that is discriminatory towards them. And then they go to events like this and they hear men talk about women in this way where they're like girls don't worry about why you don't have the keys like which is ladies, what he says don't worry about blah blah, blah blah but like i have a right to drive the car that's taking me into eternity like i have the right to like have the keys to the vehicle and the steering mm-hmm. wheel and the fucking brakes if i want them and it's so
0: sad like the way that he kind of like puts it because it's like it, it almost makes a girl or a woman in the church who has the thought of like i would really love to be ordained into the priesthood or i would really love to have more responsibility into the church or whatever it be it almost makes them feel like guilty and ashamed for having that thought of like okay well clearly that's not the way god designed it and we're told that we are supposed to kind of like bend our ways to fit what God is asking us, not asking God to like bend his ways to fit what we think we need or want. And there's nothing wrong. If you take the patriarchy and the misogyny out of it, there's nothing wrong with a woman having the priesthood, but he really tries to say that it's because, Women have something that men don't have, which is again a sexist statement. It patriarchy really does it pits women against women, it puts men against women, it puts it's a whole fucking thing. And everything he said was so toxic to these again young, susceptible human beings who look up to this figure,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then he takes it and he you know he loves to bring in stories about people who have came to him with very sincere questions and doubts and turn him into like a laughing stock during these talks yeah and then he says probably the most offensive thing he says in the entire talk mhm and I- which i believe comes in the e <laughs> I think so. So after, yeah, so after. Oh, no, I think it comes in the L. Oh, Gospel is such a
1: long word. Wow. You couldn't play gospel in Wordle. It's too many letters. E is for everyone. E is for everyone. Uh, The gospel is for everyone. And we're the only. The gospel is for everyone. And we're the only ones who invite others to receive the gospel through missionary work. Which this is absolutely fucking not true because there are hundreds of denominations that have missionaries in all different kind of capacities. So, like, what the fuck are you even talking about? I had a Jehovah's about? Witness
0: come to my door on a number of occasions as a Mormon missionary. So... I did missionary work
1: as, like, a non-denominational Christian, like, for, like, six hours on a weekend, like, a bunch of youth group kids would, like, get together and, like, whatever. Like, it's <laughs> shut the fuck up okay but
0: he doesn't he keeps talking he 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 does and I, i i i feel like it it really does you know connect with you know the priesthood being the mormon church is not for everyone it's not for anybody who is gay and and wants to be in a homosexual relationship it's not for anybody who is transgender and would prefer certain pronouns a certain name would even prefer to undergo hormone therapy it's not for single women it's not for divorcees it's like it's it's not for anybody (laughs) like unless you fit a very specific mold the mormon church is not for you and it's not and therefore it's not for everyone it is the least inclusive church like, I feel like Scientology might be more inclusive on on some accounts. I don't know. But to say that it's for everyone and, and then to, to, to bring up what he says later about black people in the church. Yeah. Blows my fucking mind. And I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. It upsets me to my core. The church isn't for everyone. Mm hmm. And the fact that he just like so blatantly misses like the concept of like what exactly he's saying and how he shits on so many people who aren't in the church that he says that we're so graciously inviting to come into the gospels missionaries later on. Like, Mm -hmm. why do you think people don't want to come into this church? Brad Wilcox. Why?
1: Thanks for listening to the more than Mormon podcast. If you made it this far, then you're definitely worthy to enter the Telestro kingdom. Wait, is that the good one?